So they're endued with power from on high. Let, let's imagine, like, uh, Steve was talking about a mighty Marine who was a pastor who was huge. He had all this power. But what if he never exercised it? What if he could lift up, like, 300-pound beams and do all this great stuff that's very fruitful and constructive, but he, he believes that he's a wimp and he only can lift up 30 pounds. He's not living up to his full potential. He's not exercising the fullness of his power. Okay, so we can, we can think of something like that in the natural. Christians have a power that is greater than any other power in this world or in existence. It's in every one of us. It, he, he, the Holy Spirit, the one who empowers us. The Holy Spirit's in each one of us, and all we have to do is connect with God and be led by the Spirit and step out in faith as we heard some stories of people doing that. Breaking comfort zones, going beyond political correctness. Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Would you like prayer? And it's great to do that in the church, and it's great to expect healing in the church. But I'd say it's an even greater thing to step out of our comfort zones. I'm an introvert. Some of us are not introverts. It's, it, it's a lot easier to do it. And I'm challenging myself to be more verbal, to take more steps of faith outside of the church environment. And I've had opportunity to do that and see the Lord move in really cool ways. Okay? You ask for divine appointments, as, as Steve said, you're going to get them. You know, God is rooting each one of us on. He is rooting each one of us on. Right? He is for us. He doesn't look at us and he's like, oh, I'm ashamed of them. They screwed up. No. I believe in you. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're holy. You're righteous. Oh, I just, you, you don't know what I looked at last night, God. I'm so ashamed of myself and I have, I have nothing to offer and I'm screwing up in my relationships. God says, no. You are holy. You got what it takes. And I have empowered you, and I believe in you, and I'm going to work through you no matter what level of brokenness you're at. Okay? So we, we need to stop disqualifying ourselves and thinking that we're worthless. Some of us maybe feel that way. Oh, I can't be a light to the world because I screw up. No. When Jesus called us, he knew our shortcomings. The sanctification takes time. If he doesn't disqualify us, I don't want us to disqualify ourselves. The Ephesian church had a lot of good stuff going on. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wanted them to know the revelation of how great power, how great a power they had, how great access they had. And it's in Ephesians 118, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know the hope of his calling, where the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? And it goes on to say, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, not my might, not Paul's might, not any of our might, not what we can do in the flesh, not our natural gifts, but his supernatural resurrection power might. 
The same power that raised Christ from the dead, seated him at the right hand of heavenly places. That power is in us. That power, the Holy Spirit, is going to raise our bodies. Most of our bodies, depending on when Christ comes, we're going to get old. We're going to get wrinkly. A disease might take us out. Something might take us out. And we're going underground six feet. But you know what? The power of God in your body right now is going to take that body that's only maybe dried skin and bones whenever Christ comes back, and it's all coming back. It's all coming back into a glorified body. That Holy Spirit is in us right now, and he's going to do it, and it's a guarantee if you're in the kingdom of God. Okay? So I want to operate in that power. Every day, whatever that looks like for me, what God's calling me to, and release the kingdom of God. Anybody ever pray for somebody at work and see them get healed? Raise your hand. It's just, okay, I see a hand raised. I've done that. I have prayed. There have been times where I've not seen people get healed, but you know what? I've seen people get healed praying for them at work. Anybody ever try and prophesy at work? I've done it, but I'm very conspicuous. I'm not saying I'm prophesying, but I'm saying things by supernatural revelation, and it's touching people's hearts. It's bringing transformation to their lives. I don't need to be obnoxious about operating the gifts. In fact, I shouldn't be, right? All i got to do is humbly speak the truth in love, connect with the heart of God, feel God's love for another person, and release life, as you did recently. She released life, and God touched that man, and that man wept. That's supernatural. The kingdom of God is not just a kingdom of God, it's a family of God. Right? There are angels who are part of the kingdom. They're not like legally, positionally part of the family of God, but we are. We have the highest status in the kingdom of God under Jesus Christ, God the Father, Jesus given all power, executive power. He's our high priest. He's our big brother. Right? The King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the head of the church. Christ is my head, and he in his limitless power, is allowing me and you to walk in power and authority to release the kingdom of God on earth in very powerful ways if we believe it and walk out in faith. I I do want to pray one thing right now because I believed as I was praying over this message, I'm like, I believe there's going to be faith release. I believe there's going to be some healing gifts released the eyes of our heart being enlightened, that comes by supernatural grace. That's been progressive for me. The eyes of our hearts enlightened. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for that for us right now, okay? And I, I just want us to maybe identify with our brothers and sisters, maybe put a hand on, on somebody's shoulder right now. And we do this together. We release the kingdom together. So, Father, even as, as Apostle Paul prayed that the eyes of the, the Ephesians' hearts would be enlightened, in order that they may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. Father, we ask right now for a supernatural impartation, a supernatural revelation, the eyes of our heart being enlightened right now to what Christianity is, what the kingdom of God is, and our true identities as beloved sons and daughters who are called to walk in power and authority and release it in love, Father. Let that come. Eyes be open in Jesus' name. Eyes of our hearts be open this morning in Jesus' name and a greater impartation of faith 
Father, faith is a gift. Salvation is a gift. And we can't do it. It's merely by grace. And faith is a gift, Lord. And we're asking for an increase of faith this morning. An increase of faith this morning, Father God. To believe that you are who you say you are, that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And even personal promises that you've given us, God, through your word and through prophetic revelation. Father, we ask for faith to meet those promises and for us to believe, Lord, to believe that you are not a liar, that you are the God of truth, that you are the God of blessing, you are the God of mercy, you are the Father. You are the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. The kingdom of God is about family and community. We're called to walk in incomparably great power, but this is in the context of love and family. Love and family. And that's the only way it was done in the New Testament. You look at it, you don't have one-man shows. I mean, did Paul, did God call Paul to be a, a great evangelist? Yeah. But did he do it alone? Never. Never. He didn't. He didn't. He, he went with Barnabas, right? He went with Timothy, he went out of Antioch. He had a home base. He had a church family that laid hands on him and blessed him and supported him. Right? You see people coming together. You see people making family, receiving love from God, eating food at each other's houses, praying together. You see them coming together and bonding, and you see God moving and blessing that community, unifying them in the Holy Spirit. And then you see them going out and just this naturally as they're walking, they're not expecting it. They're not trying to make anything happen, but they're walking to Solomon's porch and there's somebody that, that needs healing. And somebody asked money from Peter, silver and gold have I not, but I have a give to you in Jesus name be healed, right? In Jesus name be healed. And this man was healed. This man was healed because he had the supernatural power of God. He knew it. He stepped out in faith and he saw it happen. Okay. I want to be Peter. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be a person that has faith for that, that steps out, that contends for these promises, and sees the kingdom of God transformed. Right? You see the harvest that comes when Jesus manifests himself in glory. You see the harvest that, that comes. I, I believe it was Philip the evangelist who goes in an unreached area, just as the church is starting to spread, and he's preaching the word with power, and all these demons are just manifesting and coming out of people. There is a kingdom conflict. And guess who wins? It ain't Satan. Okay? All these people are seeing these demons getting overthrown, the kingdom of darkness, that they were feeding on that power. People are operating in sorcery and witchcraft, and there's real power in that stuff. But now there's something greater. The name of Jesus Christ the person of Jesus Christ working through Philip and transforming a whole town, maybe literally bringing a whole town to salvation. Okay? And there are people today who evangelize and who do it in power and people get healed. Thousands of people get healed in these groups. The Spirit of God just moves. Right? God loves it when we connect with His Holy Spirit. We step out in faith. And, and people can see who Jesus Christ is. Jesus didn't do anything except the Father show him. He didn't think, okay, I got all this power. I got all these gifts, and I'm just going to do it. You know, kind of do it. 
however I, I feel led to do it. No, there's a purpose, there's a honing, there's a directing, there's a releasing of the right person at the right time as the Spirit leads, right? And if I take my spiritual gifts and I lean on my own understanding and how I release them, I can do a lot of harm. Jesus himself said that he could call forth a legion of angels when he was about to be taken, he was betrayed by Judas. He could have done it. He could have used supernatural power and authority in a way that would have actually hindered the salvation process, right? He could have chose self-preservation and used supernatural gifts and authority to hinder the will of God in an incredibly severe way. There are some people, there are, there's a, a brand, we'll say a brand of, of uh, perspective on how to operate in supernatural, which some people might categorize as name it and claim it, something along those lines. And I do want to say, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And it's good for me, if there's a promise in the Bible and it applies to me, to press in, to declare. The power of life and death is in the tongue. To literally declare something that is a promise of God, and it could be a personal promise, too, a revelatory promise. That shifts things. However, what becomes non-biblical, to my understanding of the Bible, is when people are like, okay, I want this property, and I'm just going to start declaring it's mine. Or I want this car, and I just start declaring it's mine. And I, I actually was a part of a church back in the day where some people did this. And there was a grieving in my spirit and they, I think they even walked around the property. They were declaring all this stuff, and they think they're being led by God. Well, do you think they got the property? The answer is no. Okay, so the question I would pose them right now is, did you hear from the Holy Spirit? Did you even seek the Holy Spirit on that? This property, there's witness in the Holy Spirit to this property. I can tell you a very close friend of mine who lives in Duluth, who's a, I would regard him as a prophet. Okay, this, this guy walks on high-level prophetic authority. There was a certain house he was looking at. He went through all these houses. This is the house he wanted. He believed God said, you're going to get this house. Okay. He lost the bid. Somebody else got the bid, and he was so discouraged. But you know what? He believed God said, this is a promise to you. So you know what he did? He kept declaring. He kept praying. He kept believing. And I stood in agreement with him. Okay, and in my natural flesh, I'm thinking, you know what? You've already lost it, but you know what? It seems like God's spoken. Let's just let's just contend. Let's just contend. You know what? Two months later, the people who were going to buy this house were being so nitpicky and so hard to work with. It fell through, and guess what? Favor was released. They put a bet on it. They got the house. Okay. So what I want to say, it may look crazy to other people when we step out in faith. If we're led by the Spirit, if there's witness with other people who hear from the Lord, even if it seems crazy, you know what? Let's go after it. But I do not have a right. I don't believe to just say, oh, I claim a jet. I claim a Mercedes or I claim whatever. And maybe God wants people to have that. Maybe it's necessary or, or helpful for their ministry or their pride or their self-righteousness. However you want to look at it, a little humor there for you. Um, hoping you'd laugh. Or cry, depending on how you respond to that. Yes, with a Q. Um, but the point is this. Let us be led by the Spirit. And that's where there's safety. 
it's in relationship. It's not applying these, these abstract faith principles apart from relationship. When you bring everything in relationship, then it gets healthy. Okay? That's all I'm trying to say here. Thank you. Casting out demons. Anybody cast out a demon before? I see a hand. I see a hand. Okay. That's kind of one of my staple things. Do you think I'm going to cast out every demon that I discern or even try or even address them? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Levi says he tried to do that wrongly. I've heard stories from others too. Okay. Some demons are there because of trauma, abuse. Some demons are there because of generational cult stuff. Okay. That stuff's good to go after if a person's ready. But if somebody's in the midst of compromise, let's say they're looking at things they shouldn't, they don't want to give it up, that's going to open a door. I'm pretty much wasting my time if I go after things in my natural mind and in my flesh because what Jesus says is when a, when a demon goes out of somebody, it goes through dry and arid places and it finds its home swept and garnished and clean and ready to come back with seven more wicked than itself. I'm not going to take deliverance lightly. I'm only going to do it as I feel led by the Holy Spirit. And what I discern, I'm not even going to tell anybody unless I really feel led by God to tell them. There's always a right time. There's always a right place that is a manifestation of love. And that's how we do it. It has to be done in relationship. Releasing the kingdom together. Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. That happens when God is on somebody. And it happened in the Old Testament. Do you know the story of, of Jonathan and his armor bearer? 2 Samuel 14. So what, what, what happened is the Philistine army is coming against Israel. There's Saul. They see how big the army is. The army, those who are equipped for battle, are terrified. They're shaking in their boots. The army is, is, is depleting. There's only 600 left of all these thousands that were there because they're terrified. Again, they're looking in the natural. But then Jonathan, a man of faith and a man of intimacy, we know that because of his relationship with David. They were brothers. I mean, they, they had a love that's one of the greatest loves you see in the Bible. Okay? So Jonathan looks at this with his armor bearer. He's like, I know who God is. I know what God has called us to. We're going to ask for a sign. He's not going to be stupid. We're going to ask for a sign. Father God, if they say come up and, and meet us, we're going to go up there and we're going to believe that you have given all these maybe hundreds of thousands of Philistines in our hands, an impossible thing in the natural. So the sign is confirmed. They go up there. The armor bearer says to Jonathan, what you're doing, I'm in one heart and soul with you. I'm in one heart and soul. In other words, there's incredible unity. There's incredible love in this tag team group here. And God's working on that unity. God's moving on that faith. They're doing it together. They take down 20 people in, in a, the size of an acre. 20 people. The Spirit of God comes on. Supernatural panic comes on that army. And a whole national shift happens in a day because two men came together, stepped out in faith. They loved one another. And they did what God asked them to do. They were not leaning on to their own understanding. And you look throughout history. John Wesley coming together with others, seeking the Lord, and a whole church movement comes together. William Seymour coming together, praying, believing God has given a promise. Seeking that promise, contending for that promise together in family. You see it in 1949, the Hebrides Revival. People stirred in prayer, coming together, spirit-led. 1904, the Welch Revival. 
Okay? Big things happen with little people coming together in love, in faith, seeking a big God, catching the vision of God. A few months ago, maybe two months ago, Blake, you know, that, that young guy there who just shared, like the Lord put him on my heart. I had a couple, you know, a few interactions with him over the past two, three years. You know, I know him a little bit. But the Lord challenged me, and I don't like to give directional prophecy, but to say, invite him to Lydia House. And I was like, you know what? I want you to test this. I don't like giving directional prophecy, but you test it. And I was just faithful to what God asked me to do. Okay, and then he started coming. And um, the Lord put him on my heart, connect with Blake more, and I've been doing that. And you know what? When I've been doing that, the Spirit of God has been moving. I went and saw his family, was it like three weeks ago or something like that? And this incredibly powerful prayer time happened with his mother that I never met before. And she received everything that I said. The Spirit of God was so tangible. Okay, and then I get this vision earlier in the, the week. His buddy, uh, this guy named Matt, um, is like, I'm supposed to pray with Matt, Blake, and God's going to move. Okay, and so I text that to them, and they're like, Yes, this is great. And I, I didn't know this, but it turns out they're already seeking God in a pair of two. And God's moving as they're doing that. So I had no clue. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm incrementally going bit by bit by bit. And I'm seeing confirmation. I'm seeing fruit. And I believe there's destiny on that. All right? So um, the, the past few days, and I, I'm sure you can feel in the spirit realm, I've been feeling more of the Holy Spirit moving on me. There's a greater stirring, uh, more prophetic stuff. The Lord's led me to do declarations in different ways, and I'll feel the power of God move. So I, I believe we're going another step into something deeper. Um, I believe impartation is being released. Can I just say, can anybody feel like the Holy Spirit coming? Can they feel faith being stirred up in them this morning? Levi, you would say that? Okay, right. The Lord is moving, and it's up for us to create the wineskins. God, me individually, what does that look like? How do I respond to your moving? What people do I connect with? Okay, and as you feel led, you may want to come together with certain people for prayer. We're going to start small groups in September. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And we want family and love and connecting with each other and God to be the foundation. But in the midst of that, we're going to believe that God's going to move in very powerful ways and bring transformation. Okay? I want to, let's see how much time we have. I want to open things up now for a response to this message and see, is the Lord bearing witness? Is anybody getting any sort of leading of, of, of what God is doing in your life? Or what is your heart response to the message? Any prophetic word? Anything like that right now? Yeah. Oh, Levi? Okay, you go. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing was just the last few weeks have just been kind of just feeling kind of like I'm spinning my wheels and the Lord and there's a there's a song I was listening to actually it's a newer it's one of the, it's a it's a newer worship song that came out maybe like a month ago with the chorus. Is.